Episode 73, I Don't Have Time is a Lie. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast, and Happy New Year, everybody. Virginia has just had five snow days in a row. Our family just finished the holiday break and we had a wonderful time together. As I mentioned, we had some changes due to COVID, but we all had a really good time and I was looking forward to catching up on things and accomplishing things that I had put off while my kids were out of school. On Sunday evening, we got word that there would be a snow day the next day. My kids were over the moon excited because we have never lived in a place with snow that they remember. I was so excited. However, I will, my husband who could have easily said, you need to pull it together, was so thoughtful. And he said, why don't you take your computer and go somewhere and work for a few hours? So I did. And it was so helpful, but it also gave me a chance to reflect on things. Why was I so bugged? Why was I so frustrated for my kids at needing things? Being a mom is more important to me than any of the other things that I do. I was excited for my kids to enjoy the snow and I usually enjoy more time with my kids. So why was I so mad? I realized that it was because I didn't feel like I had time to do what I needed to do. I felt like I had to do everything they needed instead of doing what I needed to do or what I wanted to do. I began to feel like a victim to my family. I cannot tell you how often moms bring a version of this topic to coaching. So many moms feel this way. Often it's not necessarily just a particular situation like mine was the other day. It's a broader experience of trying to balance caring for our children, working on our marriages, keeping up the house, working, volunteering, not to mention taking care of ourselves. And there just doesn't feel like there's any time left for us or our interests or dreams. Many of us begin to feel a growing resentment. We begin to feel like a victim to our lives. As I sat there and coached myself that day, I realized what was going on. I was able to step back and give myself some compassion. I was also able to see my thought processes and what was creating this experience of resentment and anxiety for me. Once I recognized this, I was able to deliberately choose to approach things differently the next day and the next and the next because we had three more snow days. We've had an entire week of snow days this week. I was able to get away from the lie that I didn't have enough time and be able to accomplish things and spend time with my kids while still feeling a sense of peace and contentment about my life. I want to share with you a little bit about how I got to this perspective change. And I want to address the lie that so many of us often tell ourselves that we don't have enough time. I hope that this perspective will be as useful to you 
as it has been for me and my clients. Before we jump into our topic today, I want to remind you about a free resource that I offer to moms to help them improve their emotional health and the emotional health of their children and families. Since I know we are all busy, I wanted to create a resource that was something that wouldn't take a lot of time. So I have put together something I call one minute wisdom. Every week I email you a tip, tool, or perspective that you can apply with your family that week. It's totally free and you can sign up for it in the link in the show notes or on my website at theexpatmom.com. So let's jump into our topic, the lie that we don't have enough time. In our modern world, as moms, this just feels like a fact sometimes. Our to-do lists are so long that we can rarely get to them because we have so many other demands on our time with kids and life and work and responsibilities. It's easy to feel like we begin to lose ourselves sometimes, that there just isn't time for what we would like to do or have interest in because we're trying to help everyone else. I get it. I felt this way for many years. I was exclusively a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. And when self-help experts would say, oh, take time for yourself, I used to roll my eyes thinking, you know how much work it takes to get a babysitter so I can have alone time? Or do you know how much work it is to clean up the house and deal with fighting after I take an hour in my room alone? Totally not worth it. In many ways, I just felt like there wasn't enough time And so the only thing to do was just to hunker down and do what needed to be done. I didn't think there was any other option, but whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom, I want to offer you a different perspective. What if the idea I don't have time was a lie? What if that thought wasn't useful or true? The truth is that each of us has 24 hours every day. We get to choose what we do with it and how we think about that 24 hours. Most of us have a long list of things we think we have to do. And we probably have a good reason why we have to do them. Then we feel stressed out about getting those things done and resentful that those things take so much time that we can't do other things we want to do. The problem with approaching our days this way is that it robs us of enjoying what we're doing because we're so frustrated or overwhelmed or mad that we're just responding to all the have-tos. Often, the reason we don't feel like we have enough time is because we don't get to do the things that we want to do. Want is a powerful driving force. And when we feel like we're just doing what we have to, part of us longs for something more. We crave the agency to choose what we do. It feels like more time would solve this problem. If we just had more time, we could do what we have to do and what we want to do. And it makes sense that we'd feel more satisfaction. But there are two problems with this way of solving the problem. First of all, it's impossible. We can't actually make more time. Second of all, we think that we would be happy if we had more time, but the human brain actually always wants more. And so even if we got more time, we would still want more. There's another way to feel more peace. And the good news is you don't need any more time for it. Let me show you how this works by walking you through how I helped one client shift her perspective on this. One of my clients came to me and told me that she was resentful and discouraged that she didn't have time for herself and any of the things that she wanted to do. She had a young family 
with children who needed a lot of help. They were in the middle of remodeling their home, and her husband worked in consulting and was gone most of the week. She worked part-time, and on top of that, she had some dietary needs that she had to make special food for. The things she wanted to do just felt like they were impossible to fit in. Things like reading or even just chatting with friends. The more she thought about her life and how little extra time she had for what she wanted to do, the more discouraged and resentful she felt. It began to feel like her life was just going through the motions and doing what she had to do rather than doing what she wanted to do. I think so many of us moms can relate to this. When this mom came to me, I asked her to list out everything she did in a typical day. So she listed what she did when she got up in the morning, how she cared for her children, how she got ready, made food, helped her neighbors, did her part-time work, put her kids to bed, etc. Then I had her make a list of the things she wished that she had time for. Things like taking a bath, reading a book, chatting with a friend, exploring some of her interests, like working on her handwriting. Then I asked her to label each item on the schedule and not on the schedule as either a have to or a want to item. As we went down the list, most of the items on the calendar that she had that she did every day were have tos. Most of the items on the list of things that she didn't have time for were want tos. I challenged her to really think about this. Were all of the items on her calendar have tos? I suggested that maybe she didn't have to get up in the morning. She could stay in bed if she wanted to. She didn't have to take care of her children. She could get a nanny. She could let them watch screens. She could leave her family. I suggested that nobody was holding a gun to her head, forcing her to take dinner to her neighbor. She didn't have to make the special diet that she was supposed to eat. She didn't have to do her part-time job. Now, of course, when I mentioned these things, her brain immediately rejected this idea. She said, but I have to take care of my kids. I can't walk out of my family. I can't stop making her making dinner. Why not? I asked her. She explained that she would be an irresponsible parent if she didn't bathe her children and dress them. She said her children could get hurt if she didn't pay attention to them, or they would have issues with attention if she allowed them to watch screens all day. She explained that her family wouldn't be healthy if she didn't make food, they'd be eating fast food, or that she would have health problems if she didn't make the food. I told her that I agreed with her. She was pointing out all of the natural consequences that would happen if she chose not to do the things on her calendar. But I pointed out to her that she still didn't have to do those things. It sounded like maybe she valued those things. And this was important to note. They still weren't things she had to do. Sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that we don't want to do things because they seem so important. But when we step back and look at the consequences of not doing things, it can be helpful in letting us realize that we do actually want to do something. What we assume are have-tos are often want-tos. They're things that we want to do so much that they've become ingrained as have-tos. The problem with approaching our calendar as all full of have-tos is that we start to think that we're not living the life that we want to live. So I suggested to her that keeping in mind some of these long-term consequences of not doing some of these important things, that we create a daily schedule full of things that she wanted to. She might choose to include things on her 
list of things she didn't have time to that she wanted to do. But also she might include a broader list of some of the things that she had been discounting as have-tos that maybe were really want-tos. For example, I suggested that she weigh her desire to have healthy food for her family with having more free time to read a book. I suggested that she weigh her desire to have kids who are cleaned and dressed and off of screens with her desire to take a bath. The truth is these things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, but I wanted her to take back ownership of everything she decided to do. There was no agenda. I just wanted her to own and choose to want whatever she chose to do. As we went back and filled in her schedule, she realized that looking at it in this new way, she actually put most of the things that she was already doing back on her schedule. But this time it felt kind of different. Rather than feeling like she had to do this long list of things, she saw her tasks differently. She was able to see them as things that she chose to do. In other words, she thought of them as things she wanted to do. There were still things she was disappointed that didn't fit in, and there were still things she did decide to shift. She realized maybe she did want to put in a few more things from her list of things she had told herself she didn't have time to do. And maybe she could shift some of the things that she had thought she had to do that she actually didn't. All of these pieces are valuable as we go through this exercise. Looking at and examining our choices allows us to make changes and notice where we want to keep things the same. But being honest with ourselves that we don't have to do any of it, that we actually want to, can help us have a dramatic shift in how we feel about the very same things that we're doing. Have you ever noticed your time perception between doing something that you feel like you have to do versus doing something that you want to do? I know for me when I'm doing the dishes, something I often feel like I have to do feels like a long time if I'm doing them for 15 minutes. Yet when I'm chatting with a friend, something that I want to do, 15 minutes flies by. It's actually the same amount of time, but we experience it differently. When we want to do something, we approach it differently. We enjoy it more. We don't wish it away. We don't think about other things that we'd rather be doing. And we actually enjoy what we're doing. In fact, as we enjoy those things more, we create more evidence for the fact that we do want to do them. When we can own that we choose to do something, it can really shift the way that we experience our day. Now, there's one other thing that I'd like to note. Sometimes as we're going through this process, our brain is very tricky. Our lower brain fills our mind with all these things that we want to do for immediate pleasure. Maybe sit and watch Netflix, maybe eat more chocolate chip cookies, maybe do all the things that sound fun and enjoyable in the short term. And sometimes the lower brain is so loud that we don't even hear what the higher brain is telling us that we want good relationships with our children. We want to have accomplished certain things with our work. We want to make time for our spouse and connect with them. We want to do things that help us be healthy. So when we examine this list of have-tos and want-tos, it's important that we consider want-tos in the long-term perspective. What is it that we ultimately want? And be honest with ourselves about what we want in the long-term as well as the short-term. There isn't plenty of time to do everything, but there is plenty of time to do the most important things to us. And as we recognize what we want to do versus what we have to do, 
it can help us enjoy the process of doing those things every day. Now, this process that I took my client through is a process that we can apply in a variety of situations. So I'm going to walk you through the steps and then we'll apply it to another type of situation. So step number one, take inventory of what you're doing in a typical day. Number two, label each task or item as a want to or a have to and make an additional list of want to's if it's necessary. Remind yourself that you don't have to do any of it. Seriously. Take everything off the table and only put back on things you really want to do. Now, I don't just mean things your lower brain wants to do, like having fun, but I mean using your prefrontal cortex, weigh out the consequences of not doing things, weigh out the long-term impact of things, and really think about if you want to do them. Sometimes we want to do things even though we don't want to do things. Rewrite your schedule, only putting on the things you want to do. And remember that want can include those broader long-term wants. Number six, own it. When your brain offers you the idea that you're a victim doing all these things you have to do, you can remind yourself that you don't want to do them. So let me walk you through one more example of this process with a different client. One of my clients works full-time, has a young family, lives in a foreign country, and has wonderful ideas about entrepreneurial things she wants to pursue. But she feels discouraged and almost paralyzed, feeling like she doesn't have time because of all the other things she has to do. In our session, we applied a similar process as the one I listed above. We took an inventory of a typical day for her. We discussed what she wanted to do and what she had to do. And again, we took everything off the table. I reminded her that she could quit her job. She could leave her family. She could choose not to sleep. Of course, I wasn't recommending these things, but I wanted her to see that she did not have to do these things. We talked about some of the consequences of not doing these things. And for example, she might not have income if she quits her job. She might miss out on time with her kids if she works on her project in the evenings instead of spending time with them. She might not feel well or have a clear mind if she doesn't sleep. She might do less perfect work at work if she adds this in so she could have more time. But we also talked about the benefits of pursuing the entrepreneurial idea. We only added back in the things she wanted to do. In this case, she decided after looking at all of it, that she actually did not want to trade time from anything else she was doing. She wanted to do what she was doing and she wanted to save this entrepreneurial idea for a different season of life. There really wasn't a right or a wrong here. She could have decided a number of different ways that she wanted to spend her time. Simply going through the process of looking at each item and really examining if it's something we want to do can help us get clarity about the best way to use the time that we have. And in doing this, She was able to eliminate all the negativity and disappointment she was putting on herself about not pursuing these other entrepreneurial dreams. She was able to relax and just own and enjoy the life that she had created, realizing it was enough. It was what she wanted, not just something she had to do and was holding her back from living a better life. We also talked about the idea that she would likely have her old thought of, I don't have enough time, or I'm missing out by not pursuing this idea pop up. We talked about how to allow those and how to give compassion to herself for those, but also how she could redirect her brain and remind herself that everything she was doing, she chose for a reason. 
Now, I want to circle back to my drama over the snow day that I shared about at the beginning, when I was feeling like there just wasn't enough time to help my kids all day and do all of my work and meet my other obligations. Resentment or anger was my clue that I was making myself a victim. I was telling myself that I had to meet every need of every child, and I had to meet every work deadline, and I had to keep the house running smoothly and sleep and make good food and make things fun for my kids. But the truth was, I didn't have to do any of it. When I stepped back and reevaluated what I really wanted, not just wanted in the moment or what I thought I should do, in taking it all off the table and looking at what I wanted in the long run, I realized I really wanted to enjoy this time with my kids. I also wanted to make sure that I showed up for my clients and met some of the important deadlines coming up. But I was able to realize that there were some to-do items and some work things that I could put off. I was also able to realize that it was okay if my kids watched a bit more TV and if the laundry didn't get folded. My kids had a wonderful week playing in the snow. We went out to eat together and we watched Anna Green Gables. And I was able to enjoy being with them during those times without feeling frustrated that I wasn't getting these other things done because I knew that I had created other time to get those things done. And then I could focus on doing those things that I had planned on for work without feeling guilty while my kids spent time reading, playing games, playing Barbies, and quite frankly, being bored, fighting, and watching screens more than I would have preferred. There were still moments that I felt torn in different directions, or I wished that I could be both places with my girls and working, or that I could get more things done. But because I stopped lying to myself that there wasn't enough time, and I just accepted the time that I had and decided what I wanted to do with it, I was able to feel more peace and contentment, and it made all the difference in making it a wonderful week instead of a frustrating one for everyone. So let me take a minute and summarize what we've talked about. When you find yourself thinking, I don't have enough time, and feeling things like resentment, discouragement, and frustration about time, you might consider following this process. Number one, take inventory of what you're doing in a typical day. Make an additional list of things that you want to do and don't feel like you have time for. Number two, label each task or item as a want to or a have to item. Number three, remind yourself that you don't have to do any of it. Seriously, take everything off your schedule. Number four, rewrite your schedule and only put back things on your schedule that you really want to do. And when I say want, I mean want with your higher brain. And then number five, own it. When your brain offers you the idea that you're a victim doing all these things that you have to do, you can remind yourself that you want to do them. The idea that you don't have enough time is a lie. We all have 24 hours to choose however we want to spend them. We don't have to do anything. Taking back ownership over what we choose to do with that 24 hours can help replace resentment and discouragement with peace and contentment. Now, this is a perfect segue to talk about some of the changes coming up to the podcast. As I have been looking at my year and my work-life balance, I have decided that for the next while, I'm going to move the frequency of the podcast to every other week. I want to make sure that I have enough time to really be present with my kids right now. And I want to make sure that I have the time to create quality podcasts and focus on coaching my clients. Hopefully this gives you time as a listener to enjoy and catch up on some of the earlier episodes of the podcast that you may have missed. 
And as always, I would love to hear which episodes are resonating for you and how you're applying these tools in your life. I would love you to leave a review and share with me something that you're learning or how the podcast is influencing you. You can click the bottom of your browser on the podcast and leave a review. And if you'd like to apply any of the material that you're learning on the podcast, you can sign up for a free coaching session in the link in the show notes or on my website at theexpatmom.com. I'll talk to you soon. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.